Hey everybody and hello humans. Welcome to the Not A Robot DC Comics Review Show where we review new DC comics each and every week. My name's Josh and with me as always is Anthony. What up everybody? How are you doing last week? And Reed. Hello and thank you for letting us into your ears today. <laughs> we are everywhere you listen to podcasts so go ahead and link up with us on your favorite podcast platform and you can find that at campsite.bio forward slash not a robot you can also head over to patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast to get all the additional content that we do as well as our weekly releases a day early you can get that for as low as a dollar a month you can also find us on twitter I'm at Not A Robot Show, and Anthony is at WaltGator93. Give us a follow, and we will follow you on back. You can send us in some mail as well. It's also the only way to get in touch with Reed. He doesn't do Twitter. And we'll respond to it on the show, notarobotpodcast at gmail.com. And now one of our favorite parts of the show is where we go over our Twitter polls and show mail. We are We are lacking on the show mail. You guys need to step up for that one. But before we go into that, um, let's start off with the Not A Robot Army Roll Call. We have an additional patron this week, and that is a wonderful thing. Present for the Not A Robot Army Roll Call are Weird Science Jim, Shondor Zerme, and Hollister. Again, thank you, Hollister, for joining up. Shondor and Jim, you as well. Thank you all so much for subscribing. Thank us. We'd love to know that you appreciate us in every sense. Go, every cent goes toward making the show better. As a member, you get early access to the podcast that we release every week and also the additional content mentioned earlier that we do only for our Patreons. So what are you waiting for? Sign up and show us you just might be a human after all and join the Not A Robot Army. All right, so let's take a look at these Twitter polls that we had. I went a little overboard this week. <laughs> I ah. did I did three of them. Oh, you did three? I did. Um, the first oh. one was I asked, which DC book are you looking forward to most this week? The options I gave were Extreme Hour, the uh, Death Metal tie-in, Punchline, Hawkman, and Detective Comics. And though Detective Comics did have quite a bit of votes, Punchline came out yeah, yeah. just barely ahead of it. Some interesting comments that were going on with that one, though. A lot of people were looking toward Hawkman. Um, they didn't feel Green Lantern should have not been on the list. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Me, myself, I was looking forward to all four of those books. So, uh, that's what made me pick those. Um, and ultimately, only one of them was a little little, little bit of a letdown for me. Punchline won that one with 33% of the votes. I was pretty torn between that and Detective Comics myself. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into these books today. Lots to talk about, I think. Which one, uh, which one, where did you cast your votes at? I did Detective Comics. Uh, choosing between that one or Extreme Hour. Which I'm surprised that I only got 20%. Okay. 
I did not cast a physical vote because I'm a Twitter troglodyte, but uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I, I, I'm, I was going with Detective Comics though. Would be Detective certainly Comics. where I would be. All right, after then... that last one. <laughs> yeah, the last episode from Detective Comics was pretty darn good. Now, the next Twitter poll we did was, you get one. Which do you pick? You get all of the Infinity Stones. You get all of the Lantern Rings. You get to be a human Amazo, which basically means you get all of the powers of the Justice League. Or none of them. You're Batman. Again, you would think that I would learn. I, I I put that on there as a joke answer. And again, the joke answer is the one that won. Yeah, that's I know. obvious. Wow. That's, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> yep. Of course, Ford Batman. I, I love them Infinity Stones, though, just because, come on, that's that's a cool. It gets a glove. You get a glove Same. with it. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Yeah. Rings and, are I mean, fine. I like, a, I like a ring, but I feel like that's like... I got little fingers. I think I'll too, be too crowded. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. You know, I mean, hey, you got to look good, right? The lantern rings you you certainly could do a lot with, but you can't alter reality with it. Right. And now uh, that that gives the Infinity Gauntlet a leg up. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that gives the Infinity Gauntlet a leg up on being an Amazo as well. But apparently everybody else thinks that the the best idea is to have your parents be killed develop some psychological issues and dress in a rubber suit. I'm Batman. No, that totally tracks. Of <laughs> course, oh, makes sense. All right. Now, the last but not least poll that we put out there this week was something that I saw brought up on another piece of Twitter, uh, and I wanted to get everybody's opinion on this. Out of all the fandoms out there, is it true that Scooby-Doo is the only one without a toxic side. And th- th- there, nobody said no way. No, there's nobody out there that thinks the Scooby-Doo fandom has a toxic side. 56%. So <laughs> optimistic. So hopeful. 56% said yes, it's all good people. With 44, 44% saying, there's a Scooby-Doo fandom? Thank you so much. Of course there is. <laughs> Yes, it's a it huge is. Scooby fandom. Oh, now Legendary Geek Outs did point out one other fandom to me that I did not think to incorporate, and I do apologize because I do count myself as a member of those, maybe not as hardcore, but the Whovians, those Doctor Who fans, mm. they are a non-toxic group as well. And you know what? Congratulations to all you Scooby and Doctor Who fans out there for not being dicks. We love exactly. you. Talk about the crossover the world needs right now. Right? Ooh. There we go. <laughs> now that would be something. All right. Well, that is the end of the Twitter polls. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the books. This week we books. are going to be reviewing Detective Comics 1030, Flash 765, Wonder Woman 766, Death Metal, Infinity Hours Extreme, Superman 27, Hawkman 29, and Punchline number one. 
we'll go ahead and start things off right out of the door with Detective Comics number 1030, priced at $3.99, written by Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Bill Key Evely with and Matt Lopez, with letters by Rob Lee. The cover also done by Evelyn Lopez. The book begins with us looking into a nightmare that mayoral candidate Nakano is having. He's reliving watching his partner die back when he was a cop and losing his eye to the Joker. He wakes up to his wife and him discussing how the masks need to go away, the masks being the vigilantes. He blames them just as much as he blames all of the villains. We then go to following Batman as he races across rooftops with heavy narration boxes behind him, reminding us of the current situation with Damien, namely his quitting the role as Robin and stealing the black case book, Batman's little black book of unsolved cases. Batman is on his way to meet the rest of the Bat family to discuss the current problem that they are facing. Ordinary citizens are acting out against them, even to the point of pretending to be victims in order to lay traps for the bats. That doesn't sound good, but it is what I called just a few issues ago. I was like, this is where we're headed. And I do love being right. <laughs> signal, signal, thanks. At what cost? At what cost? Yeah, right, at what cost? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it works out, man. Hopefully it works out. Um, signal thanks Batman for calling the meeting and this is a little unfortunate uh, apparently none of the team initiated the meeting and it turns out that normal citizens called everyone and had them all come to the same place this doesn't sit well with me um, it doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't know that it wasn't one of them they used voice communicators for one um, so I don't uh, number one they would have had to hack into the frequency in order to do this. And that just seems a little below the average citizens deal. When mm. just just a few short issues ago in Joker War. We had Punchline using one of their comms to imitate Batgirl. But she couldn't even do it with a clone device. She had to use one of their communication devices. So um, I don't know. It just that part didn't sit well with me. I thought it was a just a convenient loop or loop uh plot hole yeah batman oh. thought it was nightwing and then nightwing thought it was someone else so it was like very specific people they thought it was which i thought was interesting that it made me think like is there a is there like someone on the like in the know uh as mirror like brainwashed or what have you you know or is it I someone mean... you know inside the family maybe an ex-member or something Who's I mean, that's trying to that's, take it down from the inside. That's possible because I have a feeling that, they're going to go directions with Tim Drake that I don't want them to go. Mm-hmm. See, now that'd be interesting, but I feel like with um, Tomasi, he won't take that vow. That would be definitely a small thing because that would be like a whole like that would be definitely something that people people would interest. But again, with him being Tomasi, his for me his stories style great and. 50 on whether they land the mark. Yeah, he's 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 got a lot of great ideas, and his writing style is really good. It just seems like sometimes the follow through does not quite, quite not not quite make the mark. But his writing style, you're right. I don't think that his writing style, the way that he usually approaches arcs like this, would have him 
messing up the bat family when it seems as though the general idea is pushing them all together you know mm-hmm. um so i if think you're was, right there if this was done by tom taylor then yes i was like <laughs> he's good with the twist with the reveals that would be his nice little hidden agenda he's, but with tomasi no he's got an oncoming dc title coming and continuity too yeah yeah oh and that's something i'm excited Oh, okay. now Superman. <laughs> oh man, that would be great. But I'm really, I still have my my fingers crossed for Mark Wade on that one. Um, finally, the book wraps with Damien. He has the black case book, and he's looking into Batman's case file on Bruce Wayne. Since his youth, Bruce Wayne has had the tar- has been the target of several failed assassination attempts, and those responsible have never been found. We get Damien suspended from the ceiling of the JCPD cold case file room, going through the police records of every incident. And Damien notices that the one detective, Catherine Podolsky, has her signature present on every single file and makes a comment that his dad must be getting slow. This is another part that doesn't work for me. I mean, I'm not a police officer, but even that stood out to me before Damien even said anything. And Bruce Wayne is the world's greatest detective, and you're telling me he didn't notice that? I mean, that's 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 kind of weak to me. Um, it just sure. seems a bit goofy. He for sure knew. I think this is just Damien being a little idiot because it's. I'm. I guarantee you, this thing is going to be like, oh yeah, like she's working with Alfred and Bruce or something like that. She's like on the take. Um, that being said, that black case book looks cool. It looks. It does. So cool. It always has. <laughs> uh-huh. So I didn't. I didn't take that into consideration that 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 Podolsky could actually be a, a for for lack of a better word, a Bat family member, yeah. um, or at least in it, on it. It's got to be something real obvious like that. Yeah, I really hope so because if they're able to have Damien solve the crime with yeah, with, with silly silly sh- like this yeah. that anybody could have got, I mean that that that'll that'll really keep him the feel of it for me. Right. You know, even, even if the whole point of it is for Damien to break out on his own and to prove to Batman that he's, that he deserves to be, you know, I guess Batman, whatever his motivation is there. I just I hope that's not the way that they handle it. I do. I do like the way the story is headed. I just think that as a transition issue, to make things, you know, move forward. I I think this was a little lower of a story than needed to get there. Um, I wish it went a little more smoothly. The art's great. The story's okay. It's just there's there's just some easy writing going on here, and for me, not what we need right now. Uh, next issue, Smashed Mirror. I give this a six five out of ten. Where were you guys out on it? I, it was a quick issue. Um, I'm someone that I feel that the the last page should always want me to read more. However, this issue, last page, I'm like, oh, this is how we're gonna end it. Yeah, I want more because I feel that this ending is a bit weak. Um, but how we should for the middle part was a little bit too forced. How nobody called in the meeting. How it was just a setup. Like, how does no? How did nobody call in the meeting? But you guys still showed up. Like. How do you guys not like? It made no sense. The art, it, it's good. Um, 
it's not bad. It could have been better. Like I kind of said, this was more like a um, this art would be great for more of a kid story. My opinion, uh, like yeah, read a book. I would something about about this art. Like I'll hate it, but something about it is just like a little bit bothering me. I don't know why, but just something about this. I, th- I think it's a little. It's a little bit flat. Um, like depth. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm right now looking at the page with um. You see all the Bat family, all six of them out when they figure out that they've been set up. And, like, the faces, like, yeah, maybe it's because it's flat. Like, it's, like I, I like it just not for this book, per, per, per se. Other than that, I feel as if, like, we did not get much in the story. I wish we got a little bit more, because all we found out in this issue is, um... What's the guy's last name? I'm gonna butcher it. Like so, the guy that's running for mayor. Meccano, is it? Meccano. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I, yeah, I, sure. I, I, I don't have it pulled up. I can't see. Future mayor. Um, the mayor. Yeah. We found that he's that he's having a bad dreams. We learned that the town hates them. Hates a bad family. They want like get them, and we learned about the captain. We a little bit about the story, but not much. I gotta give this a six point five. That's being being nice a little bit. <laughs> being nice, guys. Uh, I uh, okay. So I, I will say I understand where you're coming from with the art because it doesn't quite look like I don't know what else to call uh, it, but like a triple A title like this, like a detective comic. So like. This seems yeah. like it's 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 got more. It should have a little bit more oomph behind it. It's a little more stylized, but I honestly, I I really like the art. Um, that picture, that that big splash page in the credits where uh, Batman is on fire holding that eyeball. I, mm, mm. yeah, Chef's that looked kiss. really good. It did. Chef's kiss. and I think that that flatness because it looks to me the book reminds me of um. Like the like old comic book pages on like non glossy paper. That's kind of like the vibe that, that it kind of it was given me, um, and I, I was really into it. But it was you're right; it was like extremely kind of stylized, and I it's a little off for this kind of book. You I would expect to see this in like a Justice League Dark or like a Hellblazer Ooh. or something like that. Like, nice, you know, something like that. Um, that being said, I think the um, the story for me in in a Batman book is just always kind of fine. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems that seems right. I don't know. It's a bunch of bat guys doing like bat stuff. Okay, cool. Um, Damien's like hanging upside down reading. That's fine. I like it. Um, uh, it was a little. This kind of felt. Um... I'm sorry. It it seems uh, there's not a lot of substance to the story. Uh, I was enamored with. I like it because of the art, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bones as far as it goes. You'll definitely uh-huh. turn the pages quick. Um, this is a great book to read, like at lunchtime or something like that, while you're sitting down. Uh, you got ten minutes. Flip through this book. You'll, you're. It'll be a good ten minutes. Um, but I definitely need to know more. Uh, I'm gonna find out. Some. I need some more deets on the mirror. Um, I'm going to give it a higher little than you guys. Uh, this one's getting a 7 out of 10 for me. Just because of that art alone. Alright. Alright. Seems like a reasonable score. Reasonable. Um, is that what's going on in the Flash book? Let's find out. Flash 765. 
priced at $3.99, written by Kevin Chinnick, with art by Will Conrad, Sammy Bosry, and Hi-Fi, with letters done by Steve Wands, and the cover by Bernard Chang and Marcelo Mialo. Anthony, you want to take us to do that one? All right. Now, last issue of The Flash, we end with Dr. Octi. He punches The Flash with The Flash losing his house. So what happens to this issue? We start off with now Barry is just doing his job. Like, okay. I, we didn't get any kind of, like, mention of how he got, how, like, The Flash got away from the fight. Like, I would love to know, like, what happened post the punch. Because we see Barry just getting, you know, just getting punched right in the stomach. That should be a good old battle, because Barry is powerless, but nope. Instead, we get thrown right into Barry um, investigating Alchemy's jail cell, which, uh, yeah, he has a job. I'm like, that's good, because that's one thing after we we saw bits and pieces in what was this run. Now, I will say this. This is all the three issues we've had so far of Shanex's run. In my opinion, we do we're seeing a whole different than we have in the past over one hundred at which I'm glad because you know we actually see Barry being smart as later on as he's checking out his um jail cell, he does see some scribbles, some words which I'm assuming they mean something great because I don't know what half of them even are. Um, but we also see how Doctor Ackerman he is really you know wrecking havoc around Central Sits. Study as Barry is leaving, he's just wondering, like, man, how she stopped, what's happening. And so, as he's leaving, a scary god says something, which just the way that he said it, it was a little bit forced. Because as um, Barry goes through the metal detectors, it goes off. Something was um, was on Barry that was off, and the god says, No worries, that's what these metal detectors are for. Can't get in or out if you got some metal on you. Which that may Barry have a great idea of saying, oh, wait, maybe this is how he stopped my speed. He, he now, literally told him, the security guard literally told him, you have to take off all of the metal on your body. Take it all of the metal off. He's like, wait a minute, maybe if it, I. It, it's like, I'm like, I'm not like a small guy, but I feel as if how he was like, wait a minute, that might mean my ring. I'm like, wait, how do you figure that from what he just, like, what? No, no, no. Okay, no, that's a little bit too forced. I did not like. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little odd too. He's like, no, all, all, all the metal needs to come off to go through the metal detector. <gasps> oh my god! I think I it's, have. It's, oh my god! It's my ring. My ring is the enemy. Hey, quick! I hate, I hate poking plot holes and things. I'm, I'm not a that's huge fan of that kind of it. stuff. But, um, real quick. Um, how, how did, if he, if he had it, if you can't get into or out of this place with any metal on your body at, at all, how am I do get in there? How did he, did he not like, cause he didn't take his ring off is the ling, I don't know how to say it, lingzinium or whatever. Does it not set off? Oh no, I think he had to put it through the detector. I, yeah, I guess he just like, didn't notice like the PSI, first time. Like the airports. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's a good they question. Notice it on it the way is. in, but. Hey, what are you gonna do? Which now, means, which means he did the exact same thing when he went in. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So he had to hear so, it twice for it to click. <laughs> well, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking: is he's just a little out of sorts because he lost his speed force or whatever. And like you, like you said, Anthony, earlier, 
I wanted to see him have to like go home after that fight, speed forceless. What like what did he do? Did he like just do a quick pretend? Like all right, guys, um, uh, uh, did he like run? Did he walk slowly? <laughs> I didn't exactly. see this. Like at least give like a mention or just give us like a half of a page with like not so like a montage of what went down. You know, something like how we go flash. from that to there. Yeah, sadly walking away. Come on, give me that. I think, I, th- I think it would be even sadder to see the Flash jog. Oh my god, that's the, that's the saddest thing I could think of, running regular human speed, like right. the Flash out of breath. Come on. Right. No, but think of how much other people, they will feel good about something. Oh my god, I can go as fast as a Flash. I feel good. Even though I probably weigh like 400 pounds, I can go faster than him. I feel good about myself. I think yeah. that's called lying to you, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I always like she feel good about it. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Barry Allen, he, or, or your boy's pretty swell. I think he could outrun someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all an act, it's all show. Absolutely. Slow. So. <laughs> now, this issue, the art, we do add in one person that does do the art. I kind of wish that they didn't have this person because, like I said with Detective, I, didn't, I don't hate this art. I think it's good. Last issue, I thought we had a lot better art overall. This one, not so much. However, we do get a um, page of Barry running, and man, that one does look. That's one of the few pages. I mean, yeah, one of the few pages in this issue that is just gorgeous. I've said this yeah, a few times each week. It's it's stellar. Mm-hmm. That it really is. Every so often, we'll get page. I want that to be on a poster. Oh, nice. I really dug the bird's eye view when he was uh, running later in the issue. Of you can watching him zoom around the city blocks or whatnot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's I love that when they do that. I I feel like he, he did took some nods from the Flash TV show because that's something you see a lot in a bird's eye view, and you just see like the trail of where he's mm. been. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing to pull out of it. Oh no. Out of no, all the yeah. things they could have. <laughs> Makes sense. It's an easy shot. You just got a drone shot over a city block and you can animate in some red squiggles. Now, as he's back at his lab with, I was trying to figure out like, what did he do to my ring so I can fix it, make sure I go faster. He does like recreate um, light, light zenum. I I have been I have been pronouncing it Lyzinium. Lyzinium. Oh, like lightning, like lies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's what you do with it. Yep. And so as he makes it, at this time we don't know. We do see a little bit of a reveal later on in this issue, but as he is making it, um, he does put some of it on the ring, and bam, with the ring he does have his powers, which. I mean, he really wasn't connected without the without he didn't lose his powers only when he had the ring on. So I feel like, okay, okay. How before I said, oh, this is pretty cool. How he's now powerless. I feel like he, Kevin Shunick did not do like that great of a job with the whole reveal on why. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, cool. I mean, I thought I wish we did more than just put some stuff on a ring and bam, powers back. 
But now yeah, that just he taking has... off the ring gave him his powers back. Yeah, I'm with you there. I wish that kind of would have either drug out a little bit longer or happened mm-hmm. in a more dramatic way. He's just like, oh no, yeah, oh, I'm sick. I got my... it's page three, baby. I got my powers back. Let's do exactly. it. Exactly. Like, okay, cool. We had a wasted cliffhanger. That's one thing I hate when issues have a cliffhanger, big shocker. Next issue, no, no, J.K. No big deal. Like resolved. Oh, okay. Oh, my. We'll, okay. we'll get to some more of that later. Who can yeah, I? That, oh, that I know. ring that I had to have come back to me—the ring that a whole two issues was all about—I'm gonna have to take it off, even though I literally said in the issue before, I am never taking this ring off again. Which gave them their plan in the first place, but I'm yeah. jumping ahead. <laughs> now Mary does find where Doctor Aquaman is, and he just slams him against a wall, and. Man, I'm pretty sure at this point, his back is back. Because, man, you can just see the how far away he was from the wall and the amount of impact that he took onto the wall. R.P. Alchemy. He must have alchemized his bones into adamantium or something. I'm like, that fight, we do see a bit of a fight scene, which I am a fan of fight scenes. However, I feel that this was a it was an okay one. Um, He just t- take him down. Pretty easily, but he, Alchemy does says one thing that definitely was like, whoa, as even I was like, oh wow, he knows something, which he knows very secret identity. And I'm not gonna lie, no, I feel like we get that way too many times in books or even TV shows, movies on, hey, the bad guy knows who, who the good guy is. is a whole thing now. Thankfully, it's not as bad in this issue because. Later on, as Barry takes Iris away to hide her away, Alchemy crashes in, and he tells him everything that's happened. That secretly, with uh, the Philosopher Stone, he it's changing up his DNA, so all the Doctor Alchemies in the past are being at one. So he has all the powers. Like one of the Alchemies can see into the future. That's how he knows that Barry is the Flash. That being said. He also reveals that actually the trickster was part of the plan in issue one as well. Because when the trickster touched um, his eyes, he actually had a camera planted in them. So now he actually knows how to make light to zoom. Um, I just pushed that one too. Light. Lizanium. But, but just real quick, guys. The whole thing is that when trickster placed those goggles <laughs> on Barry... He implanted yeah. cameras into his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Ow? Totally. Is it just me? I mean, it just, I don't know. That just seems like something somebody would notice. Like, I feel as if, like, super uh, tiny. Very, very little itty bitty boys. I mean, I uh, guess even less than, than, than LASIK surgery. Seems I, weird. I mean, it seems weird. <laughs> it just seems a little forced. Man, we get a lot of forced stuff in the books this week. And so the ending, we do see Doctor Nambi as he's an all-powerful one, which unlike um detective, this quick thing I was like, oh dang, I'm kind of, well, I can see for next. Week. So you know, overall, this issue it has some highs, it has some, it has some, a few lows, um, a few. Forced stuff, which nobody's fan of stuff being forced, especially quite a few times in an issue. The art is good, not great. It's just I'm um, good. 
we do see Eric using his brains, something that we did not see that much in Williamson Vaughn. Yeah, like site, we didn't I, get to see, we really didn't get to see that much at all. I felt like it was in, in Williams' 100 issue run, the idea was you either got to see Barry running or Barry whining. And yeah, those yeah. were your only two options. So I do, I, I, I appreciate this new, you know, getting back to hit, remembering he's, he's a damn scientist and he's a smart guy. He's not, he's not some dipshit that, that just ran around from crisis to crisis going, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. I'm so, I get a seven and unfortunately going off this right now, I give it just like detective a 6.5 out of 10 of all three, um, all three issues that Shrink did, in my opinion, this is probably the weakest one. I'm like, it's okay, but it's the other two issues were much better. The last issue I gave it an eight point five. This week I'm going with a six point five. Um. Okay. Uh. You know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of right in there with you. Um. There was some cool stuff in this issue. Um. You know. One thing that kind of got like brushed over pretty quickly in the comic was the fact that like alchemy killed like a bunch of people in some really horrific ways. He turned a man into paper and then ripped him in half and then like just sent like a hundred people into the air. They looked dead to me. So it seemed like he like changed their lungs into helium or some thing and they were floating in the sky like many, many people. (laughs) Um, So that was pretty cool. There was some cool flash stuff. The ring, the ring stuff kind of, I was like, when it was like, oh, I just had to take off my ring. I was like, ah, you guys blew it. You blew it here with this. Mm-hmm. Also, um, we did get to see Barry using his brains. Um, unfortunately, like they didn't have a good like puzzle for him to solve. His big like, like science moment was like, ah, there's no, it's apostrophe S or S apostrophe. That was the whole crux of the mystery was solved because of a grammatical thing that Iris noticed and not Barry. Yeah, not Barry. Not Barry. Iris noticed. <laughs> but don't worry, Barry. Like, He's, you're, you're the far better chemist than he is. Oh my God. That was so embarrassing. I know, right? I got like secondhand. I've never had it secondhand embarrassment reading a comic book before, but when he was like, I'm a better chemist than him. That really, that really kind of got me. I'm like, man, you're the flash. Like, what are you tripping about? You can vibrate like all of your cells in your body and like, like phase through matter and stuff. And you're, you're worried because alchemy man, like made you look stupid. Right. I mean, ego. Barry, not the bomb from Rick and Morty, Barry, but, you know, you need to get your shit together, you know, yeah, wrap it all up, shove it into it a bag, and take it down to the store. This is pretty cool. Um, it was, like, I don't know, it's just fine. I think it's, it's like a six and a, for me, six and a half out of ten. It's not bad. There was some cool stuff, but it was the, the things that made me shake my head were more than the things that made me like pump my fist. I didn't get excited. I just went off. Oh, oh boy. So yeah, but six and a half though. Pretty fun. If you like the flash, get it. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with both of you guys. This one is definitely going to have to be right at this. I'm, I'm actually going to have to be a little bit lower than you. I want to see more than this out of the flash. I feel like it's been a couple of years of, lazy writing and not knowing how to handle the characters 
And coming off of such a monumental story arc where so many plot threads were let loose and never died up, the last thing I want to see is two issues about how important the ring is, and then the next one saying, oh, um, well, I know I just said I'm never taking it off, but I'm going to have to take it off. And now we have another bad guy that knows all of his secret identity, and we're still, we, we, we saw Flash walking through the museum saying that nobody knows his identity and right next to him while that caption box was there was trickster who um if i'm not mistaken knows his identity (laughs) so there's just been a few weak points that came across this issue i enjoyed the art it was a little flatter than i like to see the art that we did see in williamson's run was much flashier much uh pardon the pun uh, and yeah. uh, much brighter, much more colorful, and I I like that art. I just uh I'd like to see this storytelling come step it up a little bit because I know the possibility is there. We just need to focus and get, you know get the ball where it needs to be. Uh, I I'm giving this one a six out of ten, and that is going to move us over to Wonder Woman seven sixty six. Priced at $3.99, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Steve Pugh and Romulo Fallardo Jr., with letters by Pat Bozo, covered by David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. Reed, you want to lead us? Absolutely. So, when last we left Wonder Woman and Max Lord, they were under attack by the newly empowered Count Vertigo, whose uh, mental powers have recently become physical, thanks to some Max Lord tech that he got strapped in the back of his dome, but we'll get to that. Upgrade. So, yeah, yeah. It's some real biohacking stuff. Pretty real brutal if you think about it. But uh, Count Vertigo crowned himself by screwing some stuff into his his head. A little trepan, trepidation? Trepanation. Yes, drilling a hole in your head. Uh, but he newly crowned himself the ruler of Latavia. Um, and attempts want to stop Wonder Woman and Max Lord from fleeing in the invisible jet and sends out a huge burst of power that does crash the jet. Um, but it also basically destroys all of Vlatavia. Um, now you just can't you say all... that country's name well, without sounding like the Count from Sesame Street. Yeah, you know you got to do you it. Can't. It's kind of like Vlatavia. It's like yeah, it's like when you're on a cooking show, you have to say like, Parmesan Reggiano. <laughs> yeah, you got to get <laughs> the words in italics. I have to, you know, what are you gonna do? You, you uh, know, live so, it up. Yeah plane crashed wonder woman is blinded and if that all sounds familiar yeah because we did that in the last the the whole last quarter of the last issue was this and then we got to see it from another angle again um so that's okay there's that um so now we have a newly kind of blinded diana um and in that moment she flashes back to a training uh montage it's themyscira where obviously she trained for this, and they do like a little couple bits. Um, and then her and Max, um, so she remembers that her training and then basically kind of acts helpless for a little bit and follows Max Lord, which I thought was kind of weird because you just like did that. I thought she'd be a tiny bit more self-assured. But before she has too much time to think about it, soldiers attack, uh, and they and her uh, and Max Lord are separated. Uh, him to go off rummage in the castle while he leaves Diana to fight off all of the soldiers. Um, she realizes that the magic lasso is giving her some sort of extrasensory sight 
and does a pretty cool bit where she ties it all around her eyes like Lady Justice style and then whoops on everybody as if, you know, nothing has changed. She can see everyone perfectly. And in one of the coolest moments of the whole issue, she slices the Lord Tech right off the back of Vertigo's head uh, right after he says he's all powerful. And she says, oh, yeah, I know. Hold on one sec. And clip. And then he falls this to the ground. Um, while she's handling that particular problem, Max Lord is rummaging uh, in, in the basement of this castle looking for some specific tech when a woman comes in um, fearing for her life and Lord does the blue speech talky hypnotism uh, and then she sends a message to Wonder Woman and f- flings herself from the highest parapet um, which is I thought was 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 pretty brutal and um, one of the uh, um, better scenes in the issue. Yeah, uh, he has a I'm, message I'm for her and says like, "Hey, I'm out of there. Peace out. See ya." And then we get a pretty cool shot of Wonder Woman silhouetted, uh, walking off in full vengeance mode. Uh yeah. So overall, I don't know. The it looked very cool. There was like a lot of cool visual things when Wonder Woman was in her sight beyond sight mode. Like the blue silhouettes were really great. Um. But, what but other happened, than that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you went back in the beginning of the issue and all, you see like a hand coming up from the ground. Do they, mm-hmm. do they ever say what that who that hand was? Because the next page you see like nobody was there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's kind of unfinished because that you have that moment and it seems like something else is going on and and Max Lord distracts her and then eventually after they do. Um, after she defeats Vertigo, her eyes just go back to normal. And, like, the whole blindness, I thought that was going to be a whole bit, but it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, maybe they'll bring it back in a later issue. But, yeah, that's a good point. They is just kind of a setup that was totally unresolved. It seems as though it would have been much cooler had she only gotten the the blue sight beyond sight when she had it wrapped around her eyes. Yeah. You that's, know? Yeah. It just it doesn't seem that it's drawn that way. You know, but we yeah, see that was she's like still first... blind. Yeah, even at the end of the last issue, she could see Max Lord like in that mode. Yeah. Um, so that was like yeah, before anything. Yeah, this is just kind of this issue. Uh, kind of leaves me unfulfilled. Um, this one for me, even though the art is pretty great, I, I'm just gonna give it a five, five point five out of ten. It's just kind of meh. What do you guys uh, think? I I think I would go like eight, six out of ten. Like I enjoy the art. I just feel like the blindness. Like what I feel as if that was just a big reveal. I mean, a big thing in the last cliffhanger. But again, it really didn't do anything at all. Um, didn't slow like her down a bit. Um, yeah, like it slowed down a bit. Plus, like with the whole hand coming up from like it was a. Like, we see the black, and we see a, a small white hole, and we see a hand come down to grab her. Like, nothing happens to her. So hopefully, next few issues, we see that now she has, like, this special sight from people are going to reach out to attack her from, like, somewhere. Because, like, that was just a waste of time. Like, nothing happened to that. The whole heel turn with um, Maxwell Lord, I felt we went from zero to 60. Like, okay. <laughs> 
That's a good point. Um, like, I get, like, yes, you were trying to talk to your daughter in the last couple of issues, but it just felt a little bit like he was like, nope, let's get this, let's get this done. He, he's he's about now. Like, Wait, why? We, we Nothing showed of that. I don't care. Okay. Six out of ten. Nah. It's what we're doing. Get used to it. I guess uh, so. <laughs> um, I'm 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 with there with you uh, guys uh, exactly. Um, I kind of liked the idea of Vertigo getting superpowered, and I actually liked the way that he was drawn in this issue as well. Um, the art, the art, yeah, the art is okay, but there were some very questionable choices. I do love that whole blue vision thing going on. I think that's gorgeous. But then you team that with things like on the uh, second to last episode, or second to last episode, the second to last page, um, there's some questionable art choices that have been done throughout the book as well. For example, on this particular panel where Wonder Woman is standing above Count Vertigo, uh, it looks like she's got a neck beard. Um, so it's just, it's very, very odd. Um, it's just, you know, badly done shading. And um, I, I I feel as though I get where they're going with the story. I just think that maybe it's a little bit more chaotic and it could be pared down quite a bit. And if they did that and stopped trying to go for the big bangs on every issue, we would have gotten a much more natural Wonder Woman story with a big, good, oh yeah, we kind of saw it coming, but holy crap twist with Maxwell Lord at the end. But instead, it seems as though they're trying to do big bangs every issue, and they're just they're just not hitting. Um, yeah, it, it's like it seems to be like a a, a a commonality between a lot of these books. They just need to be more patient with these things. Like these are all interesting story hitches: Wonder Woman, Blind, uh, Flash, Slow. Um, all this stuff is cool, and then they just immediately resolve it, just so, like you said, so you can go right on to the next big, huge thing. Which I mean, we, we all knew Maxwell Ward was huge... coming. Yeah, you know, we don't have to rush there. Nobody expected mm-hmm. him to stay a good guy. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah. Next issue with Wonder Woman: Keep your enemies closer, and she's coming for Maxwell Lord. Uh, I'm gonna have to give this a six out of ten. Yeah, dun dun dun. Yeah, yeah. It's just yet again. It's just all right. It's fine. Feeling down on. I don't mean to be down on things, but it's just like no. Yeah. And I don't consider that a down on it score. I think six fine. is a good average score. Yeah. I mean, we're going on a scale of one to ten. That means six is a you know a good average score. Not quite a seven, but it's not a four for crying out loud. Ah. You know. I had this originally at a six, and then um, before I posted uh, the review, I reread, uh, I re-looked over the issue, and then I, I changed my score. I put it down. I, I, I reading it again, I was like, ah, oh, no, 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 we got This is some of this is too much. <laughs> All right, and speaking of being a little too much, it is time for the extreme issue: Dark Knight's Death Metal Infinite Hours Extreme. Extreme. Price that. Extreme. X, X, X. 
Price that $5.99, covered by David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. Those guys are gorgeous together. I hope they continue this up. Uh, there are three parts with three different creative teams credited inside this story. Uh, this book is exactly what it's supposed to be. Uh, Dark Knights gave us a crazy new part of the DC mythos. Death Metal took that and made it way over the top. And since it features one of DC's craziest bestiches, it only makes sense that the title would outdo all of them. Infinite Hour Extreme gives us the story of Lobo, as well as his dark multiverse counterpart, the Batman Who Frags. Broken up into three different sections by different creative teams, the book continues one narrative. The moment Lobo becomes involved throughout his contract with Luther and after he retrieves his target. Part one is The Batman Who Frags, written by Frank Thierry, with art by Tyler Kirkham and Arif Prianto, with letters by Dave Sharp. So part one stands uh, starts out with uh, Lobo being Lobo. He's going a little overkill here, looking for a bounty, and uh, ends with an entire bar dead. He's got one guy alive that he's threatening, and that guy has to point out that uh, the person he was after was one of the first people he killed when he got there. <laughs> Uh, so, again, Lobo's being Lobo. Uh, that's when he's attacked from behind by Bat Lobo. The fight for quite a while, and Lobo actually gains the upper hand before being yanked through a portal by Lex Luthor to recruit him to retrieve those objects that we saw him looking for in the previous Death Metal books. That item, we're told now, is Death Metal itself. The writing in this part of the book is 100% perfect Lobo. I haven't seen Lobo done this well in a very long time, well over a decade. Uh, Thierry doesn't miss a beat, let alone a syllable, and as a result, we get a really good chunk of Lobo at the best I've seen him in, in such a long time. The design choices and the art are also exactly as they should be, pencils and colors bringing the story to life on the page. All the same can be said of the Batman who frags. If someone had to mash up Lobo with Batman and twist it into heavy metal, this is exactly what it would look like. And it looks good. Uh, even his motorcycle has the Joker's head bolted to the front of it. You know. Um, now, the Batman who frags doesn't mention space dolphins, but I will have to forgive him that. What is what is um, Lobo Column, Franzetta, Batman? Franzetta Batman. Oh, <laughs> he said that I died. I had to put my phone down. And that, I had to that, put my phone down. It was that the, the, the um, that's what I mean. Like this part, the writing was so spot on. It's like Frank Thierry, can you please do us give us an ongoing Lobo book? Black my Label. Number one. My number one note was typical Lobo stuff. Lobo doing Lobo stuff is exactly it's like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it. It was done really good. It's no perfect. Um, this is this is done by a fan for sure. Oh yeah, by uh, Frank Thierry must love himself some Lobo. Uh, part two: What the frag is death metal? Any uh, what the frag is death metal anyway? Written by Becky Cloonan with art by Rags Morales and Andrew Dalhaus with letters by Rob Lee. Uh, part two is the story of Lobo tracking down the death metal. He finds it at Black Hawk Island under the watchful eye of Hawkman. He has to battle with Black Monday, who is the dark multiverse Batman slash Solomon Grundy amalgam. Uh, and uh, 
after tricking Black Monday to drop his defenses by pretending to try and be his friend, Lobo whoops his ass and moves on to meeting Hawkman. This is where the issue takes a downturn for me. Um, the art throughout part two is pretty nice to look at. As far as I'm concerned, Rags Morales can draw any character this way. The colors are pretty spun on as well, with my only criticism being that maybe you might want to tone down the brightness on the lightning effects. I am a fan of working with light in comic books, but when they're too bright, they kind of take away from the panel a little bit. Uh, the real reason it started to pale for me wasn't necessarily about Lobo, though. Lunin seems to have Lobo's personality down pat, but his voice is just a little bit off. Hawkman, however, sounded more like a depressed Booster Gold. I am a Hawkman fan, <laughs> and this is so extremely out of character for him that it made me furrow my brow. I was like, basically, in short, Lobo talks Hawkman into giving him the death metal with a weak threat, and Hawkman just says, okay. Uh, that it just doesn't compute, man. Uh, so he leads Lobo to the death metal, and that's when the Batman who frags shows up again. As he's attacking, Hawkman has a portal already opened, but to where he doesn't know, and both he and Lobo go through it. They land in Gemworld, of all places, and by the last panel, it looks like Lobo has his own plans for the death metal. As it turns out, death metal has the ability to rewrite the entire universe and create new ones. Some story choices in this part of the book, um, like Gen World, what the, it just didn't even click here. And then there were the aforementioned dialogue problems with Hawkman and a little with Lobo. Uh, this is a creative team that I actually had a lot of hope for. I love Rags Morales. Andrew Dollhouse is a great colorist. Uh, Becky Cloonan is a great writer, but they just missed the boat on this one, man. Um, I felt like it felt a little fell a little short. And then finally, the final one is Part 3, Loboland, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Dennis Cohen, Bill Sankiewicz, and Chris Sotomayor with letters by Dave Sharp. Now, one of the coolest things about Lobo, because let's be honest, he is one cool main man, is that he looks good in just about any art style. That means you can get a little crazy and it's still going to look good. That's kind of important here because things do get a little crazy. Lobo creates himself his very own tiny pocket universe, and he rewrites the stories of every single hero to feature himself. We have all the same heroes, but all of them are Lobo. He drops him inside his little Lobo universe, and that's where it is. Uh, Brainiac shows up to stop Lobo to convince him to use the death metal to fix the universe around him and save everyone. And Lobo answers him by turning him into Lobo's fourth grade teacher. <laughs> mm -hmm. They spend a little time arguing uh, before he who frags shows up with another sneak attack. The fight doesn't last long, though, with Lobo sending his twisted counterpart, which um, more twisted than Lobo. <laughs> uh, he sends the Batman who frags into the pocket dimension that he had created earlier. The story ends with Brainiac telling Lobo that the secret to saving every living thing everywhere is in his Zarnian blood. And Lobo replies that he has the most extreme idea ever. 
I'm curious as to what that might be. A short epilogue. Yeah, and he's 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 on the cover of Death Metal Five, so obviously he's a main character, man. Um a short epilogue after that shows us that Bat Lobo thinking that he's just come out okay again because he's turned around and he sees the Hall of Justice behind him. Well, that's when he gets sucker punched Lobo style and the entire Lobo Justice League is there to beat him to a pulp. So I have always loved Lobo. Lobo, even when I was a kid, Lobo was one of my favorite characters. He's crazy. He's got space dolphins. He jumps on a cigar. He rides a motorcycle out in space, and he kicks everybody's ass. You can't kill him. Um, Lobo's always been a big, huge favorite of mine. Anytime that he shows up, it's always a fun ride. And as far as story arcs go, I can't think of one that suits him more than Death Metal. It's almost like it was made for him. Uh, the first arc uh, in this book was my favorite. And even with the slightly off di dialogue halfway through, the rest weren't too far behind. This was a fun book. And to know that Lobo is going to have some kind of major influence on the storyline just gets me excited for even more of the crazy ride that's been Death Metal so far. Uh, the tie-ins, um, however, with this book and just two others as exceptions probably should have never been released. They are extraneous and you don't need to read them, especially Robin King. I've got to say, now that Lobo is involved, I have just gone from... Well, this is a cool side story to I wonder where this is going to go because they've they've really cranked up my interest now on this one. I'm going to give a final score of eight point five bastiches out of ten. I, I enjoyed it. I feel this. I feel like we've been seen this a lot where. Um, the first few stories are more serious and more to the um, right to the point, and then the last story is just goofy. One not having fun with it. So you know what? After a long, this is the thirty-nine pages. You need an extra goofy story once in a while, and that's what we got. The um first story. I think I'm going to go this one. My favorite from most release is first story, second, and then third. Um, I enjoyed the first story. My opinion, Lobo was great when he has somebody to work off of. So that's what we saw in the beginning when he was talking to the um to the bartender. Now this new um now this the the Frazetta Batman um Frazetta Batman is that yeah, yeah. first <laughs> I kind of hope that he does stay around post death metal, not as much as um the Batman who laughs after metal, but I think it'd be great for like more like, a cosmic battles. Like maybe we can see him if he battles Superman on, on, on a different world. We see him like going across like the galaxy, and we see our heroes going up against him. I've got intrigued by his design and just his attitude. Like, I want to see this new Lobo post death mount that's that's definitely for sure um we did get a lot of action and all unfortunately this this book's called extreme with three axes i thought we were gonna get a little bit something else but we did not um that being said <laughs> i just the, what what did you think we were getting anthony what? it's rated 13 and up buddy 
Well, <laughs> that's the perfect time to go, um, you know, have some extra stuff. Anyway, back to the um, book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the second story, as I said before, that Lobo works mm-hmm. best with somebody, and that's not a complaint. Some some characters you are great when they have somebody to work off of, which I'm glad that, that yeah, because I'm glad that in this second story we got him to work off of Hawkman. He's definitely. I had to pick about five characters that I want him to work off of. Hawkman is probably someone on that list with his attitude and with just who he is. That thing, um, Lobo could do wonders with his dialogue. And we did get a quite a few um blood scenes as we saw on his mace. On uh, Hawkman's mace, because I kind of wish we got more of how do we get that blood there. Um, but that story was um pretty good, which led us to our last story, and it it, it was okay. I kind of wish it was a couple pages less. Uh, I figured it for just the goof. I wish it was like one or two pages because it was just it's okay. I just. It was a typical haha or trying to be ha funny Lobo. So I gotta give this a 7.5 out of 10. VR is good throughout the book, though, because I would recommend picking this up if you're reading Death Metal, if you're a Lobo fan, or hell. If you just want to pick up a book today, this week, this oh, is yeah. the one if that If you're I definitely a Lobo recommend. book, you want to grab this up. If, you, yeah. if you're if you a Lobo fan, this is a Lobo book, and it's it is definitely pure Lobo. As far as seeing the Batman who frags come around, um, I'm enjoying these books, but um, I would like to participate uh, in a in a in an event where the entire world gathers together all of the Batman books, all of the books that have all of the evil Batman in them after the death metal event is done. And I want to get together and throw them in a giant pile and light them on fire. Because I never want them to ever come back again. They have never be rid of them. They they, they have they have f-ed up the universe. You'll they have given us a way to kind of soft reboot things and set them in a general new direction. But they at once that's done, they have served their purpose. It is like having Doomsday come back and trying to pretend that he's a big threat now. After the death of Superman, he's just been he's been nerfed more and more and more and more, and that that would happen to these guys, which means that they're they're essentially inconsequential. So if they ever show up, count on it being a, a an event or a mini event, and it's it's gonna it's gonna suck worse than this. So I'll be more than happy to never ever ever see them again, but I would like to see more Lobo. Lobo and Hawkman together would make an interesting book. Lobo and uh, Lobo oh, yeah. as a member of a new Justice League Odyssey. Now that would be an interesting thing. You gotta put Lobo with some nerds because Anthony's totally yes. right. Lobo needs someone to bounce <laughs> off of, and that's what the the first book like understands. the The first mm-hmm. part of this understands so well, where he's talking to the bartender. Whose whose arms he has ripped off? Um, I think like that first that first part is um, kind of like everything you, you need to know. If if you you should pick up this book if only for that first part because him talking yeah. to the bartender, him talking to uh, the spooky Lex Luthor, uh, cosmic Lex Luthor, or her, um, 
is also just kind of like right there. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's fine for me though. Like the second, I think the Hawkman um, stuff was good, but I thought it kind of just re- it kind of dragged for me a little bit. I I enjoyed the interaction, but like yeah, like you said, there's something just a little bit off between in that character. It wasn't quite as like snappy, or it wasn't as because when you read, I feel like when you read a, a Lobo Bubble, you should laugh. But all, but like it's not so. I the Lobo laugh. It's not so much like oh that was really funny. It's like oh that is so stupid. And then that is like kind of what's funny about yeah. it. I don't. I don't know. The, the laugh. Something... The laugh should be accompanied by either a groan or an eye roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, that's that's kind of the the right vibe. Um, I think the first one and the last one get it, but. Uh, unfortunately for me, by the time we got to the third story, I was in a little bit of Lobo fatigue. Um, that being said, yeah. uh, <laughs> the first part is is great. Um, for me, this this is I, I hate I hate to do this, but I love a Lobo. I love a Lobo. The first part, perfect. If it was just the first part, like eight eight point five. Um, but with the second half of the second part and kind of the whole third part. The, it it brings it all the way down to a seven for me. It's gonna be a seven for me, dog. I totally got you there, and I understand why. But that brief little side mm-hmm. conversation. Let's throw some out to you guys. Mm-hmm. Lobo becomes a member of a four to five person space justice league. Oh yeah, for sure. Who, who are the other members? Uh-huh. Just Cruz, no doubt. I was that they were great bouncing one off each other and all, just with the attitude that he'll give back to her, and hopefully that she'll grow up here and give it back to him, put him in, in his place. I know that she, she, she you gotta will. Get a lantern, right? Um, I really don't. Yeah, yeah, I guess, of course. Kind of like I don't want to say Starfire because I kind of want to, but I feel as if I don't want to rename the characters that we just had. That's my problem. Um, <laughs> Like my fir- my first three people that jump yeah, off my exactly. mind that I think would be great with Lobo would be Technician, would be Dax, or Dex, excuse me, and Gamma Knife. I think that they would work awesome with a character like Lobo. They just need somebody that's also there big enough to whoop the snot out of them, like an Omega Mama Jessica Cruz would be. I have a. I might have a controversial pick. Oh, let's go for it. Because here I'm thinking. I'm thinking about story. Okay, so if you're gonna do Justice League space, you have yep. to have a couple. You have to have uh, basically all characters with space stuff. It has to gotta be all space boys. Maybe like one offshoot, like one like random. Yeah. But for the most part, you because you need to explore each of those characters' backstories in some way. So like, a, you know, you gotta go to their planet or some baloney like that, or you know, fight the villain who blew up their planet or whatever. Is um, this Star Wars? <laughs> I mean, I'm I don't kidding. know. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. Always Here's tough. what I'm thinking. What if you get and I'm I'm blanking on the name right now. What if the thing that kicks all of this business off? So this this is my elevator pitch. What is? Oh my gosh. Uh, what is the? Uh, we can, we can edit this out if we need to. But what is the uh, gl- the Green Lantern uh, with the with the the fake Green Lantern? She she don't she just has like the backpack that hacks the thing. What's oh, Teen Teen Lantern. 
Teen Lancer. Oh, Teen what? Lancer. Okay. All right, so we'll cut back in and that's so crazy. Clean take. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if Lobo gets a contract not for not for the person, but for the tech? What if Lobo gets a contract for Teen Lantern's tech and Ooh. comes for that wherever it was supposed to be? Lobo is getting that tech for whoever's it is. We do some story arcs, then we grab a couple other heroes, it snowballs, and now we got Justice League space. Holy crap, because, okay, so if, if Lobo goes after Teen Lantern, there's zero chance that Crush would not go with. So there would be, there would be Lobo, Teen Lantern, Crush, because he's Wait, Lobo, Lobo's daughter. She's on a different team. Oh wait, yeah, she's on. She's on Teen Titans, she's on. not Young Justice. Okay, yeah. never mind. Never mind. I was just thinking Lobo coming back to Earth, but yeah, they're in different sides of the country too. So, um, that's a good dynamic. Right. It would have. It would have been kind of cool, especially in a team setting because you have like yeah. other people to play off of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. That being said, I guess unf- I I don't hope that's the case. I, I think that would be a cool storyline, but like if you're gonna have Lobo, I want to see more of that like extreme. Like put this on Black Label, like that first issue stuff, like blood and oh. like arms and like tentacles and viscera everywhere. So you, you're probably not gonna yes. have a Teen Lantern in that kind of situation. Although, no. hey, go for it, baby. Let's do oh, this. Yeah. Black label. Let's get crazy. Orion. Space is why scary. Not? This is why you don't steal. This exactly. is why you don't hack Green Lantern for right. it. Orion would make a good uh, a good character to throw in there because of how physically bad he is. They did New God stuff. The, the amount that he can toss out and take. That would be that would be an interesting character. I think if I had to do five characters, I'd be like Lobo, Jessica Cruz, Jaime Reyes, Power Girl, um, Lord Zod, so General Zod's son. Is that five? Actually? Yeah, I, I think that's count. five. So that, that but yeah, five. that's actually, that's it's a pretty eclectic, but makes okay, cool. sense so group count. there. All right. Speaking of super, uh, you, see, you mentioned Power Girl. Speaking of oh, i think next we, up is superman 27 it is and it is priced at 399 by brian michael bendis with our by ivan reyes danny miki and alex sinclair and again i i plead to always allow ivan reyes to draw superman forever until he dies letters by know. david sharp excuse me dave sharp i'm sure he hates that covered by ivan reyes alex sinclair and joy prado Take it away, Anthony. Oh, I didn't know this was a Bendis. No, I'm going to talk about this is just his <laughs> book of the week, okay? Between them. Oh. Being book of the week. We were doing a Bendis again. Here we go. Like, I said, like, I will just, just straight up, my reaction preview went, oh, no way. I'm going to, because in the beginning of the book, in the beginning of the book, I was like, there's a lot of repetitious dialogue, but this is actually going better than his books. Nor- oh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Plot <laughs> right, twist. Nope. No, I'm so off with the cover. I've heard people all week, even last week, say, oh, my God, look at this cover. It's amazing. And 
it's okay. Just his head is a little bit awkward. I feel as if like he's trying to stretch out his neck, and it just looks awkward with how his looks like head is beaver. angled. Um, I, the cover got too much hype, really. Um, but anyway, enough with the cover. Let's go. I think it's less his that the angle of his head and the no. fact that they just kind of tried to give him this weird, creepy smile. I don't know. He's a little. <laughs> Show some teeth suits. Yeah, that's true. This is going on the cover. <laughs> I guess so. Man, poor soups dropped on the head too many times. So, as we open up this issue, we see Seminar and we see Superman. They get at it. Now, as I said before, I'm a guy that loves action scenes if done right. What's one thing we did not do in this issue? That is correct. We did not get a good action scene. We do see like how he like if not moves, but just the way that he's drawn, like, oh, what are you doing exactly? What are your powers? Because yeah. you see this light behind him. Where is that light coming from? What are you doing with your hands? Because his hands are back in his head, but you do see this other light in front of him. Like, what are you? What I see. Really, so he's got power nothing. rings. He's like, he punches with these, he slices, he's got a I big one in the back, so. like some sort of weird space angel. Sinmar. He got no lips, I'm into it. Sinmar. Sinmar. Oh, he's like, what Sinmar. Uh, he's got no lips. I'm in, I'm mm-hmm. in already, guys. That damn word. Superman. No. Oh, God, the dialogue. Oh, somebody help me. Now, as I told Josh before, how I want to know which book came out in Spencer's continuity, because you know that's one thing that nobody even knows what to do. It says continuity. What book came out first, Action Comics or the story of Superman? Because in Action Comics, we find out when something attacks the other planet, Clark has protection, so that it goes right. No, wait, wait. That's actually in this one. In um, Action Comics, that she is getting attacked by um. Buy stuff that's me attacked. However, in this book, we do find out well, last issue found out that when something attacks the Daracon, it gets teleported right to the fan zone. So, I want to know why is this not make met? Why, why is it different from your other book that you're writing currently? It's one thing to have a continuity issue with a different writer, it's another thing to have continuity in your own book that came out years ago. No, 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 no. Your book's coming out right now from weeks apart. It's kind of like his throat, man. Confusion. I guess so, that nobody knows what he's actually doing. Because as in the fan song, we do see this um, guy that looks a little bit like a Spawn slash Ragman type that says, oh, look, you're here. I'm going to kill you now. I'm going to crush you. Ha ha. And so what happens? He's only here so we can see how powerful... Simma is because as I said before, he takes him out. I don't know how he did. Dope, though. Like, you couldn't just show me like an action scene. Like, no. Like he does like a reverse dab <laughs> and just Zodiac. blows him away. I'm a big fan. The Phantom King, baby. The, of the of the characters, I do. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Is that, yeah. Looks cool. Very cool. Bandages. I'm into it. He's ba- I, I, yeah, I like looked at him cool. the first time I ever saw I him. I was like, oh, that's cute. They gave Superman his own hush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, in this issue, he yeah, becomes nothing more than a jobber. 
because he just like, gets he, you, wiped you did away. A, such a good drawing and then you made him look like such an idiot why 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 put him in there make a character who's already an idiot and then it's fine that guy that's cool that was that guy was cool and then he's stupid immediately uh, mm-hmm. is this now is, let me ask you guys i'm not a big superman boy is this well, this zadu is he, he he's been around he's a guy is he a real thing or is he made up like that other guy no, Zad Zadu's been around, but he's he's a recent he creation. Is, another yeah. one from Bendis. Bendis, okay, okay. So he he's a return. Yeah, I think Bendis. if okay. I'm uh, if I could be he mistaken, is? but I think Zadu came from Bendis. Well, that makes sense a little bit there, and that also that's like kind of a Bendis trip. Oh. He's like the, the big bad from last time. This is you know what this is. This is some yeah, real Dragon Ball Z yeah. stuff. This is um. Uh, your boy coming home and like chopping up Frieza, like return. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's like Bendis's whole trick because he does that next men too. About- uh, that was good. <laughs> Did you hear him? Yeah, he said yeah, but uh, that was a good story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's no, okay. he's poaching. He's when, poaching. when did Zadu first show up? He showed up in Action Comics. Issue oh, five and okay. Well, that's why he's Morrison. such a good character. Then Morrison, Morrison the, invented him. The Phantom King. That makes sense. That sounds yes. like a Morrison name. Yes, it does. I kind of want to read that because the Legion of Superheroes were in that book too. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Patreon episode um, idea. So as also, ooh, yes. Roll back. So as we get in one issue, we check out Mint. Metropolis and Lon just shows up and Lois is a little bit surprised on what's happening and unfortunately all throughout this issue we really get absolutely nothing at all in that whole thing they're only that one page or definitely the two page two pages and the amount of dialogue that the last page that they're on is a lot we got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven we got twelve panels and it just is so no, I hate when he has all this dialogue. Like it's like why are you trying to show me too much on the page? It's not even done right, honestly. It's just This is probably the one of the weakest parts. Well one of a lot of weakest parts in this issue. It's not, this does nothing for the story at all. Um I'm hoping that later on we find out oh plot twist, it actually does do something, but it does not. I guess he's maybe they have a contract saying every issue Lois has to be in in in, in a panel because that will only make sense. But let's go back to the fight now. Throughout this time, Superman he's actually communicating also with Helix to actually teleport them as far as way as possible outside of Earth. And so that's exactly what he does, and by doing that, it he can actually like speak now. Um. Which, it was a little bit odd. Um, no, just real, the way that they were communicating. I had uh, this. This is kind of a, maybe a mechanical question here. Did Kellex teleport him? Did he hitch a ride? How did he go to a place where he doesn't know where he is? I thought maybe the um, what you call it. The Phantom Projector, maybe somehow. Kellex said he didn't know where it was going because he said, I I can't see where he's going. I'm totally blind there, so I can't imagine he could send him there. 
he couldn't plot a he couldn't plot a course. Uh-huh. Um, and so what what Kelly, what he did was he asked Kellex, "How far away from Earth can you transport me? Can you open the portal door?" Yeah, and that's what he did. He had Kellex open the door as far away from Earth as possible, and then he tried to talk to that guy, and then just followed him to the new universe. So he you just know. like went super fast and followed that guy all the way to his like wherever he he because he like that dude all turned the into, way like, a space. sphere. Yeah. Okay, so he has. I see. I thought I didn't think he could like do. I well, first of all, travel like kind of at the speed of light, or, and also do that out of the range of like the sun. Which when he get there, that is like, oh shit, hey, no sun here. Oh dang, I'm stuck. <laughs> one <laughs> of one of a few issues that I have with this issue. How did he get there if he can't be away from the sun? He just ran out of juice. He could like right. tell. He could go light speed. Okay, so here's what I'm guessing. All right, so I'm guessing that that your boy's sphere created like maybe a like a zone of teleportation or whatever, and that hit that craft or whatever Sinmar like morphed into. I guess like had a zone of influence that could also take Superman with him. I guess I I don't know. I I, I don't know. Well, okay, so let's just take it like he enveloped Superman into this orange sphere. He plastic manned him, you know, and then just carried him to where the Sinmar universe is and then opened the plastic bubble um, to where Superman has no superpowers. Um, Oh, correction. I apologize. Recently, it wasn't that long ago, Orange Suns had zero effect on any and all Kryptonian. They just retconned here and Orange Suns apparently paralyzed them and stripped them of all powers. However... Construct. Is that different? I don't know. It says Orange Construct. Yeah, because I don't think it's like... Because the Sinmar doesn't even mention that it's a construct. Maybe Maybe it's something about like I don't know. It seemed, to, but I'm with you though. It seemed that like the orange light. See, I I don't know much Superman lore, so I thought that was like an established thing. Uh, so I this see is it, like a new thing. The the orange sun. It's been brought up before. I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. issue right now, but it's been brought up before, and it was established at that time that an orange sun had absolutely no effect on a Kryptonian. It didn't take away their powers. It didn't give them any extra. It didn't give them any weird. It was just no effect. This one makes them completely paralyzed. They can't move. They can't feel anything. They can't use any powers, yet they can still breathe while hanging out in space. Well, maybe he's still... All right, all right, all right. Devil's Advocate time. My favorite segment, Devil's Advocate. So what if... What if this? he's still in... Um, Sinmar's like zone of his Protection. like little pocket, his yeah, because he, I mean, if he's gra- if he's grabbing, because they want to punish him, they don't like want him dead, so maybe they're keeping him alive. Whoever the mysterious they is, the soul, the orange sun solar construct. All right, so if if that's the case, and oh, no. and and that's the way that they're gonna roll with it, I I think that Brian Michael Bendis has this creative control where he keeps a thumb over everything just to make sure that he's got enough room for his dialogue boxes, and in that 
case, I would assume he would say, well, if he's going to be encased in something, at least artistically represent that. Yeah, that's that. That makes sense. That's, that's because because we see absolutely nothing that shows that of any kind. We get beautifully drawn Superman. Yeah, you know, is true. we get we get super, cool. we get huh? Superman with facial expressions that are actually facial expressions and not screwed up shit like your boy Jar Jar. Yo, that yeah, I love that. <laughs> he's got golden. He's got golden eyeballs and no lips. I'm in it. Um, that panel, where, that panel where they go into light speed though is crazy. Like it looks dope. Um, I I, I was totally 100 percent confused by that, but I thought it was cool as hell. It did. I mean, it did look neat. I just um. Like looking bad at it, I'm not even like I'm seeing the two well, of them like, travel well, side by side together. So he's not even encased in that orange ball. Yeah, can he travel interstellarly normally? Is that like a thing? I mean, it's 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 never really not been a thing, but I mean, at times, and in my preference, he's drawn with a breather. Yeah, but I know they have to use a breather a couple times when. He and John went to an, another um, planet back when Juggins um, run. Because yeah, I mean, the, he, uh, rebirth. Yeah, I mean he's Superman. He's capable of anything. I mean that's just basic rules, I suppose. But well, see, I still. Yeah, I mean, I, guess. I, I always believed that because like this was the yellow sun that was habitable was like an anomaly. So that's why he was like, so turbo powered here, which is cool. Is, is it also canon? Cause yeah, again, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't know as much uh, neophyte Superman. Um, is, uh, his intelligence is also amplified by the, by the sun. Yeah. Okay. His, um, his, his, uh, his, oh, really? uh, thought process, like the mm-hmm. be the, the, the process of which he can, uh, read and do things and process things. Everything is amplified. Um, like uh, you've seen the episodes or the books where uh, Flash is able to speed read a whole catalog in order yeah. to memorize it for his job or whatever. You know, um, Superman is capable of doing the same thing. He's he's had many examples of of doing things like that, and it's been attributed to his superpowers. So one can assume that yeah, his super brain goes away when he's not Superman. He just turns into a farm boy. Until not not until saying I... that he's not saying that he's less intelligent, but that his thought processes don't move as fast and you know as as quickly as efficiently as as they would with his with his powers. I'm interested to see that they mentioned as soon as he got to the the Orange Sun universe that he felt as there was a force holding him still. So I'm. I don't understand that. Well, okay. So here's my here's my thought. I'm guessing these creatures because it got it got smarter when it got closer to its home. So I'm guessing this is some sort of like hive mind intelligence, and it's following like Starcraft Zerg rules that when there's more of them around, they're more powerful or whatever. It Um, feels almost like that, like a collective kind of deal, like. like Hive or the Borg or... Yeah. 
Well, I got a I got a weird sense when I was looking at him when he had his full powers up. He kind of had like some sort of angelic look about it. We did the way that the, the halo kind of situation that was like behind him. So I'm guessing I, I'm I'm thinking there's going to be some sort of like yeah hive mind thing perhaps I don't know. I'm interested perhaps. to see where it goes. Um, and I, if I I'm not mistaken, it's going to be satisfying. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think I we're going to get so. any good answers. These, I don't think so either. These are but great setups, and there's no, no follow throughs. In his first issue, I want to see. I want to say, and I could be wrong, but in the first issues that we saw Sinmar, I want to say that we saw those halos being drawn behind him after he had gone through the Superman trials to become, you know, the Sinmar Superman. I think that's when we started first seeing the, the, the halos around his head. So maybe that's like the show that he's he's not just a Sinmar. He's the Sinmar of Sinmar the of Sinmar. Sinmar. Oh, okay. I, Sinmar. See. I didn't know that this is this. Yet again, again, I, 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 I feel foolish here. We, we know Sinmar? about Sinmar already. Okay. <laughs> he's only been around three issues. Either that oh, okay, or okay, cool, Bendis cool, cool. watched Tron. I was like, hey, you know what? Tron should be in this book. So give him a little... I feel I like Sinmar like is like Station from Bill and Ted. Like he can only say Sinmar. Uh huh. <laughs> Sinmar. Station. Right, well, I say what I see a real crazy well, like, rating. Late. I see a. I'm looking at the 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 written review. Um, and, and I I'm I'm I shook that, like, to my dang. bones for sure about that. Yeah, absolutely. That that the the text review provided for us uh for uh provided to us for Superman twenty seven er, yeah twenty seven was written by B Glenn Clark, a friend of yeah. ours on Twitter and a resident Superman expert, lifelong fan. He'll actually be joining us for a Superman character deep dive, where we uh very soon on our Patreon. Where we are going to get to hear all about how deeply Brian Michael Bendis' run has affected a lifelong Superman and the consequences of throwing a temper tantrum when you realize your favorite hero is being ruined. I can't wait to get into that episode. That's going to be a fun one. But, um, now I forgot where we were going because I got all excited about that. What did you um, think numerically about this issue? New ah, there we go. I needed to give you guys the deal here. All right, so the art is fantastic again, Ivan Reyes. You are one bad mamma jamma when it comes to art. Chef's uh, kiss. Right, uh, chef kiss all the way. I don't have any emojis to do over a podcast, but there you go, chef kiss. I am astounded at the art. It's beautiful, great choices, light choices, color choices. It's gorgeous. The story is dumb as. Um, it, the, the setup again, like I will continue to say about every single Bendis thing is the, where you're going with it is, is, is thinly veiled at best. It's very obvious. These are very loosely, very unimportant stories that are all designed to start pointing towards what's going to happen after death metal. But that said, the stories are just weak. I have, I've seen that they're all filler and I've seen empty paper plates with more worthwhile content. I just don't understand why we're seeing that it, that not only doesn't matter things that don't make sense and you just 
recent continuity, you are completely obliterating. Listen, comic creators, comic writers out there, if you're sitting down and you're writing a character, do some research. It doesn't take it doesn't take a lot. There's a Wikipedia one thing. It 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 it, 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 it there's a Wikipedia page for literally every single comic book character in history. Do the research. You don't have to go back and read uh-huh. it all, but damn it, pick up the Cliff's notes. I'm not a huge Superman fan, and even I know that an orange sun does absolute crap to a Kryptonian. And as you get, as you saw with uh, Glenn Clark's score there, of uh, I believe it was 1.25, 1.5, somewhere along those lines. It was real low, and he is yeah. a major Superman fan. When you spit on the stories that have been told so far just to be able to push your own agenda ahead and make your job easier, you're a lazy writer and you lose respect. Um, I'm, I'm right there with him. The art is fantastic. I'm not going to rate it as low as he did. Uh, but that's only because I appreciated the art so much. Um, I give this a three and a half out of ten. Wow. I I enjoy the art, um, but the story, I, it was really awful. But the, the dialogue, it was pure crap. We only got a little bit of it, of progression. Was the end when, hey, finally, Sinoth can talk about when he's close to his planet. Um, So we got only one page. Cool, sweet, one page of him talking. Other than that, the stuff in the Phantom Zone was just... all. It was just pure crap. Stuff on and lowest. Pure crap that did nothing at all. I was thinking of giving about 10, but I'll give this a 4 out of 10. Plot-wise, honestly, plot-wise, honestly, I didn't mean to jump in front of you, Reed, there, but the only no, thing no. that I thought that was consequential whatsoever was the whole Lois and, and Lana thing getting together to figure out where it is we're going to go with a behind-the-scenes narrative. This mm-hmm. Sinmar just doesn't seem worthwhile reading. The there's Lois Lane stuff sp- always yeah, there's does. Some, there's some tea to be spilt there for sure. For um, sure. Uh yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a very strong connection to Superman. Um because I'll, Superman is very <laughs> Superman's oh, wait, he, very hard. <laughs> Cuz well, it, it's it's a huge challenge which I So it, it it's it's so interesting because um my kind of comic book renaissance um, started back in New Avengers. Uh, okay. uh, Bendis came out with New Avengers, and I saw like kind of like the lineup, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I need to check this out. And it was there, and there's a character in there. What's that? I said I'll agree with you on that part. The lineup, the lineup that he started out with was great in 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 New X Men. And he 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 Bendis. reintroduced. Bendis. Who, who he in, reintroduced one of Marvel's old characters that was just like an old, like kind of a weird old relic 
and made it this it started up this whole puzzle box that was so interesting and it like it re-energized me about comics because it was such a fresh take uh and it was uh century who is kind of like a marvel version of superman so in, in like, a way yeah he's got an evil side to him who do, uh, real quick not to cut you short sure. but just uh anthony asked real quick there um uh i and, and i'm failing with my old man memory here who was that lineup that started out with the Bendis run? Uh, Wolverine, Luke Cage, Spider Man, and who else? Oh, um, Ronan at the time. It was, I think it was, it was um, oh, Hawkeye in disguise. But yeah, Ronan. It was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool run. Um, they go to the Savage Land like oh. immediately, and they crash. Obviously, it's it's, it's very cool. Um. It, it, it's yeah, but the same problem exists. Is that I, I so regardless that New Avengers run got me excited thinking about Bendis writing Superman because the idea of him because in the century it was kind of a malevolent ultra being that no one can stop and has all, basically ultimate power and that's the problem when you get into with Superman is how do you how do you give him challenges sometimes you give him challenges by making people in his life vulnerable and he has to split his attention and it's a moral dilemma and that was like for a very long time it was only moral dilemmas because superman does a good punch and he punches better than anybody Um, i've got a comment to add to that when you get done there sure so it's it seems like there's there's it's superman is a very hard character to to make compelling um, and this, uh, like a lot of his things has a, a very good setup, but I like yet again, like the, the punches aren't really coming through, uh, for me. Um, it's fun. This, the, the, I, the characters are cool yet again, all the plot beats are fun. I just don't have no faith. They'll be finalized. Um, this is just kind of, a, this is, this book's a six out of 10 for me. I just want to get that out of the way, but yeah, let's, um, I, I don't wow. have a big connection. The art was so cool. Um, and I, he ain't got any lips. He has no lips. I'm in it for Sinmar. I don't care about Superman. I'm in it for Sinmar all the way. Um, but so you, um, there was a, was there a brief point uh, or the, the, the point we can circle back to now, um, about Superman does a good punch. He, he talks about in this issue, how it's like, should I punch? Like, wait a minute. So I was, I was kind of intrigued at the beginning of this episode, like, like with all, but like this recent kind of stuff, the setup is cool. Like, okay, hold on. I'm not going to punch to solve this. And then takes it so far in the other direction even while he's still in the sphere of the universe makes like the biggest dumbest decision ever and it took me right out of it like the art was cool and all but it just takes me like so far out of it that it's just like eh, eh, eh. um now that i'm talking about it again i'm gonna kick it back down to five five point five um it's it's on the it's it's no it's the same as kind of wonder woman (laughs) where i'm looking at cool stuff but it doesn't it's not connecting with me at all um but yeah, yeah, it feels it feels almost as there's a lot of stuff that could be cool. It's mm-hmm. just not being handled the right way. It's now, just not. It's just not landing. None of it. Yeah, lands. it's it definitely not. It's a hell of a dive. Lots of twists, and then there's a belly yeah. flop at the end. Nothing, you know, nothing. Um, Speaking of the whole the whole Superman thing, um, you mentioned that he's a difficult uh, character to write for. And compellingly, yes. Com- compellingly. I mean, you could throw Devil's out advocate. garbage <laughs> stuff. 
or or like the digital issues that are like non-consequential the digital first issues that are just one-offs those are great stories yeah. because they don't have to carry me they just got to be a nice little superman story now to me and i'm <laughs> i'm probably going to catch some hell off of this one but um for me the the best way to write a superman story is the way that Zack Snyder did Man of Steel. Um, now, I'm not arguing that that Man of Steel is the perfect Superman movie, but mm-hmm. take it from this point of view. What we're looking at is a guy who is essentially God. I mean, he, he, he is a God or whatever, you know. He is capable of doing everything that anybody ever wished he could do. He could destroy all of us. But at, at that same time, he's constantly in conflict with the fact that he has to hold back there he's never allowed to fully be himself there's a lot of mm-hmm. psychological things that are going on there so um the movie focus, gets to scale right the uh, exactly scale, the, the focus on that part focus on yeah. the real world aspect focus on a god trying to live among men and and those balances uh like i feel i feel as though the identity reveal was a great idea because it's a step in that direction but mm-hmm. um dealing with those those emotions and the kinds of things that a guy like that would have to go through where let's face it if superman was a real dude there would be thousands of people that did worship him as a god there, there would be all kinds of military oh, yeah. attention toward him, considering him a threat to national security. And then there would be all of us on Twitter that would be either pro or for. There would be team, there would be team Superman and team Luthor all the way split down the middle. And that's the kind of story, that's the kind of stuff that should be represented in comics to make it believable. You could, you could do so much with that kind of stuff. I think. I I 100% agree with you, but let me ask you this question. Um, Do you think in a post uh, The Boys universe, DC would approve a storyline? Like a, because what you're saying is, is like, and and I totally agree with you because like a personal, like a down, like a slow personal story, I think is perfect for Superman and him grappling with those things. I just don't. I don't think that they like the DC itself would publish something like that. That isn't kind of like a graphic novel or something. Or a like, black label series. Black. Actually, yeah, you, you know what? That's it. Label. That's, that's the ticket. A, a deeply personal thing that deals with, with the man being Superman. I think that that's a great idea. Um, but I think that, in this instance, they went the totally opposite route, and I don't know if it's like a corporate decision or if this is like a Bendit, Bendis thing to do the total opposite of that, of like the homeboys approach, I which is that. that really down to like on the ground level. So they're like, do space stuff. Just get out there and punch punch gods in space. Yeah, it, see, because I feel like before Bendis got a hold of Superman, we were getting a whole lot of Clark and Smallville type stuff, you know, and we were – we were going toward the more grounded stuff and then Bendis just grabbed it up and it's like, okay, has it been 30 days since I introduced a new super villain that's worse than any villain he's ever battled before? Uh, 29 days. Okay, well, let's throw one in there. It's just and- all it's just all elevator pitches. I got a great idea for a Superman arc. Oh, yeah? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, space thing that when Superman punches him, he gets stronger. Like, oh, that's great. How does it end? I... Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. He'll he'll do a, he'll do a better punch. 
right? He's like, well, you know, what's going to happen here is I'm going to put these issues out and then I'm going to take cues from my boy, Tom King and take all this that people say in Twitter. And then I'll just change what happens in the story. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, I think you know I've what? thrown enough hate. Yeah. Let's keep that stink train running. I think I'm up next. <laughs> you are. And up next with him is Hawkman Ooh, wow. 399. Or excuse me, Hawkman 29, priced at 399, written by Robert Venditti. I love it when you call me Big Pop. Um, art by Fernando Pizarin, Eau Claire Albert, Jeremy Cox, with letters by Rob Lee, and the cover by Mikkel Yannon. Cover was gorgeous, man. Um, mm. Both this and the variant. Yeah, they just were, were just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I like. I I I seriously want this cover so bad. I it's it's probably one of my favorite Hawkman pictures of all time. Him and him and Shia was like that. That's so freaking wicked. So you know, if anybody out there wants to get me a Christmas present, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right, so here we go. Hawkman <laughs> number twenty nine. Reed, take it away, buddy. Hawkman 29. So you mentioned something uh, interesting earlier that this uh, Hawkman is one of your favorites. And um, I don't know if I'm about to stir the pot, but we'll just uh, we'll get right right into it. So we got Final Justice. It's the conclusion. Um, It opens with Hawkman surrounded, hopeless and stabbed in the chest. Uh, Hawkgirl is being mobbed by the servants of death, holding her while uh, and keeping her from Carter as he lies dying with this. the magical dagger getting him good. Um, so we see Haster standing over him doing a real good gloat, telling him that the dagger is eating his soul and about to send him to Anubis um, and says that hot girl is next. And uh, he, he's getting his monologue on kind of ignoring things, which is always a great look for everybody. Um, <laughs> hot girl gives him a spit on the face. And while he's distracted, uh, Hawkman pulls the dagger out of his chest with which in one of the coolest um, sequences of the issue, I think of watching him squelch that dagger out of his chest was pretty gruesome. And like, Ooh, that, that was, Ooh, that was like a thing. Seriously drawn so well, man. Very. <laughs> yeah. Just ooh, really visceral. You've, you kind of felt that in like this, the squelch noise. Ugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So as um, Hester distracted, also um, Hawkman rolls over, summons his mace to him, and does an nth metal version of crossing the streams and touches the dagger and the mace together and blows up the train. Never cross the streams, Ray. Never. Don't do it. Don't touch. Don't touch your metals. (laughs) Exposed metals. Don't touch them. Um, So the train explodes. We need to do a um, Ghostbusters uh, Patreon. Just saying, guys. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Review all right. it all, baby. So <laughs> Hawkman uh, blows up the train. Everybody's uh, – uh, uh, our, our two leads are fine. Haster um, is pretty jacked up. Um, his face is all burnt up. And after kind of a second, uh, Hawkman says, your thing didn't work because I said um, no thank you. And apparently that was that was all it took. Uh, Haster then kind of kamikazes off the bridge, 
um, to be reincarnated another day. Um, and then that's kind of it. Uh, happily ever forever after for like, you know, 3,900 some years later, it's the 40th century and everybody's happy and cool and it's fine. And then you're like, Hey, you know what? I think it's been a couple of cent, uh, 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 thousand years. So I'll be fine if we died sometime, but not right now. Gotta train these kids. Um, and that's it. That's it. That's, that's your, that's your whole issue. Um, I don't know. I would, I don't know if I was feeling kind of in a mood when I read this, but I was kind of, I'm really excited. I love mythology stuff. I love that. I like the reincarnation bit. Uh, I feel like at the end of this though, all of that was kind of invalidated. They mentioned they fight again and again, but now, um, since Hawkman decided not to, to give a hoot, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, and that they're just fine now. Um, I don't know. Overall, I, 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 I thought there was cool things yet again is kind of the same story as, uh, with a lot of things, this issues this week, cool stuff happened. It didn't, there, there were cool moments, but, um, personally I was feeling quite unsatisfied with this. I don't have a huge connection with Hawkman, but this just kind of existed for me. Um, and as kind of a final issue goes, it seemed to end with more of a fizzle, really, than a bang. It just said, instead of saying, this is the end, it said, and more things happen for an incredibly long time. And none of them ever mattered ever again after this one. Um, so for me, it's, this one was a 5 out of 10. Wow. Um, so I didn't... Uh... <laughs> Right up until you said that at that very last second there, I uh, I was kind of like, geez, you're being a little harsh. And then you made a good point. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it, it does seem as though a lot of it doesn't matter anymore. Here's the thing. Okay, so, like, growing up, I always thought Hotman was cool. Uh, he was, to me, he was DC's Wolverine, you know? Birdman with a mace. Heck yeah, give me Yeah, a- <laughs> it's just, he, he was, he was, the embodiment of rage and there wasn't anybody that could whoop his um i never got to see it in comic books but i often wondered what it would look like if hawkman and hawk from hawk and dove fought um i know right that would have been awesome uh so uh, hawkman rarely has had his ongoing you know on a regular basis so whenever there was a hawkman book going out i would grab that man because i did i love the character uh, that said, just knowing knowing the character the way that I do and loving the character the way that I do, I kind of dig that they were they were they finally had an end put to their their torment. You know, they they uh, they can it's no like, longer they can no and say again. You said kind of like an end to the cycle. Yeah, you know, an end to the cycle. Like, this exactly. is going to be it. Now we're going to be done. Yeah, and it makes them readdress the way that things are done. And, I mean, we get to see, you know, uh, we, we see Hawkman, who, who, like I said, was for the longest time the uh, the embodiment of rage has turned into Grandpa Scholar that keeps track of the stories, you know. And it's just, it's it's a nice little future end to them. Um, I just, I really hope that after Future's End, we get to see, uh, we we get to see more of them. 
whether it's in a JSA book or whatever book, I I I I need to have Hawkman and Hawkwoman yeah. come back. Don't let this be it. Hopefully, it's like because they said, yeah, it's not so much a conclusion as like, okay, here's the next story. When you see them again, they're going to look like this, which is kind of like misleading because. I it's not that I I did not enjoy the final ending um because I th- I'm I'm all about like future stuff and seeing them like that when when the reveal came up that it was that far in the future I thought that was cool but like I don't know it didn't feel earned yet cuz the very last thing that happens in episode what is that issue 28 is that Hawkman like basically makes him stab him with the dagger which is like like you're saying the embodiment of rage he's like yeah like oh, I'm, I'm i'm we're stabbing it like we're stabbing me yeah let's do it and then yeah now he's a calm bookkeeper and he's like chilling he's like i'm gonna have some tea i don't fight anymore i don't do any of that kind of stuff i look at books now like where is yeah that, there's a huge disconnect there uh, i mean it, there there is a huge disconnect um i guess i would i naturally attributed it to the fact that you know that Hawkman is in the 40th century. So, I mean, he's got a few hundred years to, 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 to get to that kind of a uh, placid point of view, you know, mm-hmm. I get but you. Um, I hope, I hope that because we, we do, we get to see them. But um, not- they're depicted with uh, fighting with the, um, with the JSA. They're depicted fighting with green lanterns and then with cosmic beings. So again, yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't it's like that. It's like that kind of like that back, like this, that part there reminded me a lot of that, that bit in Batgirl was that two weeks ago where it was just like, here's, here's a couple of roundup scenes and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I would have to say, I would have to say, um, maybe it was done because we aren't going to be getting a Hawkman book in a while. And this is just kind of like a nice little, wrap it up fan mm. service closure for those kind who of, are fans of the run and it's like more that, it's like that same theory yeah yeah it's like this the same thought so here's, um here's a little here's a little teasers then, what could be. but now that the mortal how are they like well they, they still, said that uh, live because now when, that the mortal uh, what's his name when the god took away their curse he said that they're that um, seconds will pass like days. Uh, or, that's or, why they live or, so long. So, so that they're they're supposed to age very, very, oh. very slowly. But um, so I think I give the I I'm giving it I'm giving this one a seven <sighs> out of ten just because it was written for me. It's a Hawkman fan service <laughs> book, and um, I I feel I feel sufficiently serviced. Thank you very much, Diddy. <laughs> I gotta go with eight. Unfortunately, with like you, I gotta go with eight five out of ten because like I agree with the MV where this didn't feel like a finale. It it just felt a little bit of like a letdown. Like it felt flat with how defeat the villain. Um. Well, side note, man, that train that that train just got destroyed. As I'm looking at page with all the train pieces, they're all separated. They're like miles from each other and all. Like, man, pe- man, those people are dead. Whether he's alive or not. Like, you, you see the train cars all like bent. Whew. But this book does have great art. Um, no doubt about that. 
but the story itself, I it feels like he really didn't have much to end with. So I was like, uh, I got, and in some way, I'm just gonna go straight to the point, which is a shame because I've been enjoying the book since, but just you feel like it didn't land the joke. This issue. Ha ha ha! Oh ho 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 ho! Not one. What a segue! <laughs> yeah, it definitely missed its punchline. <laughs> and our next one up is punchline. The punchline number one oversized one shot, priced at four ninety nine, written by James Tynan the fourth and Sam Johns, with art by Mirka Adolfo and Romulo Fiardo Jr. With letters by Gabriella Downey and the cover by Yasmin Putri. The uh, oversized one shot given to us. And you know what? Actually, there was something I wanted to say about Superman that I forgot to say. I ragged the hell out of that book. Um, but uh, at least the lettering was good. You know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was into I was into way yes. Sin the Sin speech bubbles perfect. Those coming out of those those black bubbles coming out of those perfect little lips. Yeah, the 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 lettering was good, but everything else. Um, all right, back to punchline. Uh, the oversized one shot given to us in punchline number one fully oh. fleshes out exactly who punchlines in and brings in a few Bat Family fan favorites back into the limelight. Dr. Leslie Tompkins, Cohen Rowe, and Harper Rowe, also known as Bluebird. Guys, yeah. I've been begging for Bluebird for months, and we finally got her. Contrary to the majority of the books that we have seen Punchline featured in thus far, the art style here in her own title tends to be a little more bright and shiny than we're used to. Um, there's been allowances for light to do more than just cast reflections of fire. And that's awesome. It's a simple approach, but it looks great and works wonderfully for the story. Harper and Cullen are featured by way of Punchline's story. Harper is helping Dr. Leslie Tompkins in the Narrows, and she's present with her throughout the court trials for Alexis K., the real name of Punchline. After reading this issue, it feels as it's a service piece to the character, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's as though this entire issue was set up to define and differentiate her origin from Harley Quinn. Uh, she wasn't manipulated. She wasn't brainwashed. She wasn't sweet-talked, though that is definitely her defense. Uh, she sought out the Joker, and after meeting him and deciding not to kill him, because she had the opportunity, uh, she decided that they would be uh, that they would be able to make each other better. Though her claims of innocence say otherwise, Punchline has been recording a podcast detailing her entire hunt for the Joker and her motivation for doing so. She wants to understand the joke. Her motivations were always to better understand the Joker's message and the joke that he's trying to tell until one day she realizes that the joke is actually still in progress and it would never be realized without a Punchline. She saw Joker trying to make just one person laugh, the Batman. She decided that the joke needed to go worldwide. And she did just that by spreading the Joker's message through her podcast, which gets listened to on every single continent in the world. 
Meanwhile, Dr. Leslie Tompkins has called Harper back to the role of Bluebird specifically to help deal with the trial of Punchline, to which she reluctantly agrees. It's great to see Harper back in costume. Bluebird was a fantastic character that was just kind of dropped for no reason at all. She was built up to be a huge part of Gotham and then just forgot about. That was disappointing, and this is not. Uh, I really look forward to seeing more of her. Colin, her little brother, has been spending his time talking to someone through video game chat rooms named Bluff. And that person has been feeding him Punchline's podcast, to which he has been listening to all of them. When Harper tries to say that maybe he shouldn't listen to that kind of stuff, he blows up and begins defending Punchline as though she's innocent, acting like her lawyer even. We last see Harper as Bluebird watching the commotion of Punchline being escorted into her trial. As Cullen and Bluff wear clown masks and watch from the sidelines in support of Punchline. I gave this an 8 out of 10. I thought this was just fun, man. I went into it assuming that it was going to be very boring. I thought it was just going to be a whole bunch more dialogue between Punchline and Joker. And, um... Joker's barely in this. This is this is this is an explanation. This 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 is DC saying, "Look, people, for all you people out there that are saying that Punchline is just Harley 2.0, she's absolutely nothing like Harley. She she wasn't manipulated. She wasn't trying to see the good in 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 Mister J. She was she was somebody who saw a psycho, agreed with the psycho." wanted to find out more about the psycho and then thought that the crazy the psycho said should be broadcast through the whole world. If anything, guys, Punchline may be actually worse than Joker. At the very least, she is far more dangerous. What do you guys think? No. Have you guys ever seen Wild Wild Country? Uh-huh. The documentary? Mm, okay, so it's it's a documentary. I don't know if there, you're, there are any listeners out there. Check it out. It's on Netflix. It's very good. It's about it's about like a a, a religious organization kind of say, like called, say that title uh, one more time. Wild Wild Country. All right. Okay. Um, it is um a a there was a movement in Oregon in um like the seventies and eighties. Where this these these people came in and built a town, right? So there's like th- this head guy, and there was this um, his like right hand woman, um, who basically acted just like kind of punchline. So the 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 Joker. So he, the, I'm in love with this concept, and I I went into it same like you, Josh. I was very hesitant. I was like, okay, we're gonna do some more Joker stuff. Like, what is this gonna be? This is gonna be. I was so skeptical, and as soon as I we hit that first page where with Batman and Joker, he, she's he's coming through the window in the TV studio. I was like, oh, this is a whole different level of everything. So, yeah. watching this slowly happen because it's it's very well telegraphed what what is happening and what's happening to you, you like uh, through the the podcast as Colin listens through um throughout the issue to the different episodes and it kind of escalates in rhetoric and and scope and you're watching uh punchline like on this journey 
Um, and you're right. She is so much more terrifying than Joker because Joker does not. The thing about the Joker is that there is no plan. It's all just a goof. And he's only trying to like reach one person because he's a pure artist. What punchline is, yeah, is an like agent. Almost, almost romantic artist, you know? Yes, yes, because it's as... all about it's all about the performance for him. Mm-hmm. It, that's what it's just pure art. It's all about the joke. And what she is like basically coming in, it's like, okay, this is a product. The Joker is a product Gotham already loves. And I'm going to sell them the product. So the thing that makes the Joker less dangerous is because there is no plan and he's just doing what he, like his bit. But when you have someone with focus and vision and like that, because she wants to spread that joke to the entire city of Gotham and the podcast shows how successful that is, which is ex- much more terrifying than just joker you know trying to blow up a building or poison everybody right i mean it's showing that now joker's got followers everywhere even in antarctica the tattoo that those tattoo reveals those sleeper agent the joker things wow this this book i didn't realize it was a one shot and i'm i am crushed i thought i need like three more issues at least because this is intoxicating um I I don't know if we, you gave your rating already, uh, Josh. Right? I did. Okay, I'm gonna give mine real quick. Wow, uh, this is a nine out of ten for me. Stellar best book of the week. I think I might be close. Awesome. To I love maybe it. in between. Where are you at? Said, the only thing I didn't like, we had just a couple of pages where, um, we had a little bit of Ben's touch with this book because we had a little bit of too much um narration. Um, it was right. I want to say right. It was right in the uh, middle. But other than that, like this, this story has me hooked. I'm excited to learn more where we see with Colin, where we see with more with Bluebird. I'm right with you. Um, we were like, I want more mm-hmm. of this. I can't wait until 2021 when I see how are we going to get like somehow another one shot or issue two or is this going to happen in Batman? Cannot wait to see what happens next because the art, it was gorgeous and I'm glad she isn't like a, another Holly Quinn because they made Holly Quinn very unbearable. From where she used to, from where she started from back in Batman the Anime series, she had potential and they just squandered that, in my opinion. And then eventually they're like, hey, instead of just squandering it, let's just make her become like a face. Make, make sure she's like a good guy ish. Now we have a much more bad kick. Holly Quinn 2.0, which is a lot better. We see her actually, like, she she has brains. She has very, very useful skills. Something that we did not see from Holly Quinn. So she's much better than what we did see from her. Nope. Yeah, uh, we're talking We're talking about, yes. a, she's not a Joker sidekick. She's a Joker partner. We see the very the, the the well not the very first time the very st- first time they met was in the TV studio but the second time that they meet, Punchline gets the jump on him and has the opportunity to slit his now, throat. I want her and instead next she story kisses off. him. To either her to either, either face whether it's three issues five six, want her to face either Tim Drake or um Dick Grayson Nightwing. 
Oh no! Oh really? no! I gotta. I've. I've gotta argue that. Look. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So first and foremost, when originally, think- originally, everybody was all about. Okay, this is all gonna be about Punchline versus Harley. We got two of those. They were a little weak. Punchline kicked Harley's <laughs> first time. Harley kicked Punchline's <laughs> second time. And let's be honest, all of us thought that was a little stale. You know. Um. If there's somebody out there that is the anti punchline, it is Bluebird. She is just the she she's punk rock, she's she's anti establishment, you know, she 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 is everything she she's everything punchline is, but with a positive spin on it. You know, and I think hopefully that's what we're gonna get is we're gonna get a whole lot of love. So, you know, <laughs> between the two of those guys, there's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of fighting between the two of them. That's who I want to see square off Bluebird and Punchline. And you guys have both mentioned that, you know, you're really hoping that this isn't a one shot. It was advertised. It was promoted as a one shot. That said, I'm going to go ahead and skip to the end of the issue here and yeah. look down at this bottom panel where it shows bluebird and it says to be continued in 2021 so does that mean punchline's gonna get an ongoing or is this story just picking up in the bat books who knows who cares we're definitely I'm getting it's it. at least a so i'm series where we do see the continuation of bluebird versus um punchline and see what's up with um colin maybe he'll be Full on heel, and he'll either get like a costume and be part of Punchline's gang more than just a follower, but be more in with the inner circle. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think that Colin is going to get pulled in by this bluff person, and it's it's hard to say where this bluff person oh, yeah, lies right now. It seems to be in support of Punchline. But we don't know 100% if it's not just in support of of tearing down what's out there right now. So we mm-hmm. could see Cullen and Bluff joining up with Clown Hunter. I think I think it's actually I think it's deeper than that. I don't think Cullen or, or excuse me. I don't think Bluff is associated with, you know, any of that. I, I think there's something else going on. That I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if they're trying to get to um, Bluebird or what, but um, that because you see a couple of shots of could Bluff. be a possibility because they were able to tap into the hmm. Batcoms in Detective. Is this going to? Yes, exactly. Is this going to lead into something? Is like is this is this Ghost Maker related? Is this, um, you know, is this, you know, in the detective comics related? Is this spinning off into another arc? Because this all seems related. Uh, because it, it seemed very symbolic when Cullen put on the mask. Because yes, Bluff yes, is not did. wearing a mask. Cullen puts on a mask. Oh, uh, yeah, he has a mask for him. Bluff he gives isn't it to wearing him. a mask. Uh, right. Is this is this mirror, is bluff. this like who could this be? That I, I I'm I'm 
I, I think it has, yeah, I, there, I think that's a different character. Oh. It's someone pretending to be, it's another masked villain unmasked or something along those lines. Well, Does see, we don't have any nemesis. Not, not really. Um, but that said, we also don't know the gender of the mirror. We don't yeah. know if it's a guy or a girl. So you may be onto or something. If it's there. just one person, is it a group yeah. of people who wear the mask? Definitely could be going a little Watchmen esque there. You know, um, that's that's pretty cool, man. I'm because in Detective that. Comics, Mirror is there, but it's hardly remarked upon, and it doesn't. the The way the mask is drawn looks different. So, is that someone just wearing a mirror mask, or is that Mirror? That's a good question. Oh, we're getting into final final wrap up judgments <laughs> and overall oh. thoughts, boys. What did you think about this week's comics? Oh. Before we go there, there's oh, one sorry, more sorry. thing that I wanted to point out about the punchline issue. <laughs> Just cut that out and put it I don't know. It. You're fine. I don't know three, if... Two, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but um, when... Uh, I, I blew up the screen here. I got it digitally. I blew up the screen here where uh, Cohen is being reached out to for the very first time by Bluff. Did I you guys read those before. chat messages oh. that were in there? Yeah. yeah. I I was I was cringing a little bit to be honest with you. Yeah, it was like seriously cringeworthy. I'm sitting here going down. Like, look, I'm I'm here listen. I'm I'm doing a youth chat. Look at the simps. Oh, lol, yeah. I guess. I don't right. know. TikToks. Says, I'm relevant. It, it's it's your boy. Seriously, the things I would let her do to me. <laughs> Shotgun OS says she could crush a watermelon's she could crush a watermelon with her thighs or Joker's head or my head. And Cullen says, or quit being gross and just focus on the raid. He's trying to get everybody to get back into it. And um shotgun goes, I want Joker's mean girlfriend to next guy says, big goth girlfriend goals. Yeah, man. This is rated up. Okay. Well, I will. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm. I'm really surprised that this made it through editorial. I just wanted to point that out. Same. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems. Didn't read the books. I'm sitting. But yeah, I don't. I. It's not great. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, a little cringeworthy. Just saying. But yeah. Okay. So Reed is right. We need to move on over to the final picks, the top three books of the week, and the favorite panel slash moment of the week. Anthony, why don't you start us off first with that one? Man, I'm, I'm stuck. Well, definitely, book of the week, hands down, is this book. Um, followed by Detective... Yes, Detective Comics. Um, Sean, I forgot what it because I'm not going to lie, the other books, they're okay. Compared to these uh, other two. Um, going with Extreme. Um, Punchline, Detective Comics, and Extreme. Now, uh, moment of the week. This is always the tough one because I feel like there's always at least one or two moments at least. Or at least two or three, honestly, that stands out. Whether it's a scene, a dialogue, or what. Um, but unfortunately, I can't. Of one, this 
Um, in Lobo. Actually, yes. When we first meet... Sorry, I'm going to push the, uh, the name I, I, again. Probably, um... Freda... Batman? The Batman who frags. Franzetta. Yep. Right? I don't know why. I, I, I was thinking of, like, like Freda and Frieza. I was like, someone between the was. I just know which one is. Yes, when we get to meet him, it was just so badass just hit how he is. Like, as after this story, after this event, you want to see all this bat burn to the ground. I'm almost the same, right, but I want you, that where bat do you, uh, sit with your top three and favorite moment of the week. Well, Okay, top three. Let's hold on. Let me, let me look at a list because I had it. I had it in my head. All right. So, all right. Here we go. Cont- I'm going to be somewhat controversial because, honestly, I a lot of these books fell a little flat for me um, this week. Um, my two books I didn't in, in in that I reviewed. I I was not huge fans of, but um, they were just kind of okay. Uh, so. Controversially, all right. So I think for me, number three. <laughs> don't be mad, guys. Don't be mad. Number three is Superman, uh, twenty-seven because of those. Wow. Okay. Yes. Why? Lips. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I just, I, I just like wow. the pretty pictures and the, in the, in the, the shapes. So it's f- solely for art, and it's only because I disliked Wonder Woman, um, and Hawkman, um, more. <laughs> I you know I can't I can't fault you for liking the art. I, Ivan Reyes yeah. is amazing. The the art honestly that was kind of I kind of blanked out and was in like a haze and just looking at the pretty space pictures. Um, that being said, Detective Comics uh, is my number two. I I thought that art was like just really good. That really hit a nostalgia uh, bump for me. Um, the story was so so, but um, I had a great time reading it. It didn't slog like some of the other issues. Um. Oh, I forgot about Flash. But is Flash is Flash better than Superman? I don't know. Anyhow, I'm gonna stick with it. Number yes. one for me is definitely Punchline. For sure, it was Punchline. Um, I as soon as I saw the art, I was like immediately hooked. This looks so good. Some of like the big reveals uh, are great. Um, Punchline's look, I think, is it works. Um, but just the way that everybody looks, uh, and like the whole style of this book was very, um, I don't know. It was like, I didn't think, I didn't feel like I was watching or like reading a comic book. It felt like I was watching like a really good and like animated story or something. I, I, right. I kind of went into a trance with this. Um, it was really engrossing. Um, yeah. Um, did we do favorite panels or is it we doing that now? Do that now. Yeah. All right. My favorite panel um, is in this book. There is a big splash page of uh, Punchline in a boat looking at Arkham Asylum that I think was just like really great. It was stunning. Um, but, and that's why I made my Zoom background uh, Arkham Asylum, which fell out apparently now. But uh, that is my panel and favorite book of the week. I'm looking at that panel you just mentioned. It, and even with as many extra word panels that are on there it's uh, word boxes that are on there it, it is a it is a gorgeous issue uh, or uh, a splash page uh 
I suppose for my top three are going to have to be in number three. I have Hawkman 29. It was just real nice. The art was great. The art is always fantastic. And it was cool to see their, their, their line wrapped up in a nice little bit of fan service. So thanks Diddy for that. I appreciate it. Um, in number two's spot, I'm going to have to go with punchline. Number one, I really loved this issue. I would like to see more. I probably needed about eight more pages worth of content on here. And there were a couple of art choices that weren't the greatest, but I did love the story and I'm super excited to have Bluebird back. Uh, my number one pick of the week is going to be Darth My Dark Knight's Death Metal Infinite Hours Extreme. I just oh. had so much fun with that. I'm such That's a Lobo crazy. head and it was especially the first part was just it was perfect Lobo and I I will always rate Lobo high as long as he's done right, man. Uh, so that is my top three of the week. Uh, Infinite Hours Extreme, Punchline Number 1, and Hawkman 29, respectively. My moment of the week is actually takes place over two issues. Or, excuse me, not two issues, but two pages. And it's when Joker shows up behind Punchline. And, um, yes, yes. And he whispers, I can help you make it better. And... She says, I think we can help each other. She has that chance to slit his throat, and instead they end up kissing. And um, that's what really sold it for me is that this, she's not even, she's not even, not a Harley, Co Harley Quinn clone, but she's nothing at all like Harley Quinn. And that differentiation, it was, that, that was a big, huge thing for me. I loved it. Drawn well, done well. Um, Overall, not a bad book and not a bad week for books. Uh, Wonder Woman and Flash and Superman definitely had a way to go, but uh, everything else was right on top, man. Uh, before we close the show, I just wanted to do everyone a favor and mention that we have not a robot kids corner live. And you can find that on the website, not a robot podcast dot com. The Kids Corner podcast is available there, and it's got quite a few issues. It is for the 12 and under crowd, written, uh, comic books for that crowd, reviewed by a kid themselves. Uh, check that out. I believe the most recent issue they did was Super Sons Volume 1 by John Ridley. So if you enjoy that, give it a peek. But to everybody else, I think that is the show. And as always, thank you for listening. And remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact us at any time, whether it's through Twitter or email. We will get back to you. We love stock talking about stuff with people. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for additional content just for our Patreons and early access to our normal weekly show. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot.
Arigato.